3: In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Hello and welcome to Footballer Season Two, Episode Nine. Today I am joined by pro foot coach Steve Stokes, market expert Right Foot and the pioneer of foot podcast himself, Matt Lamborn. This week, we're going to go over the new content, Road to the Knockouts Team 2. We're going to discuss the state of the market and if it can recover. And then we're going to take a deep dive into how much longevity the new foot format will give going forward and whether any changes are needed. Also, stay tuned for the hot takes and questions of this week's show. You are not going to want to miss that one. But before we kick off today's show, I just wanted to give a special thank you to all of the footballers, premier sponsors that have signed up to support the podcast. It really means a lot to us. We really do appreciate the support. A lot goes on behind the scenes to make these podcasts the quality that they are. And we appreciate every single one of you, as well as you listeners. Let's get into it. Steve, the one and only foot coach, the man with the wealth of foot knowledge. Thanks for joining us this week, Steve. How are you?
2: Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Hunter. This is my uh, second podcast of the day, having just finished a recording for next week's Coach in the Pro with Mitch Haywood. Excellent episode. Definitely keep your ears peeled for that one when it comes out. And yeah, really enjoying FIFA still. It's, it's all going good. So looking forward to today's pod.
0: Sounds good. Paul, thanks for joining us again this week. Mr. Right Foot, resident foot trader. How are you?
3: I am very good. I've had a good week. Off work for a few days now, so yeah, ready to just chill out. Never at work. I'm always working.
0: Man's awake, he's working. And last but not least, Footstock's legendary icon, our resident Matt Meta expert. How are you?
1: I've had a good week. I've actually had an appointment today. Interestingly enough, with a AV expert who's going to. Sort out my home network. So instead of having a 30 meter long Ethernet cable running through my house, I'm going to have a nice network throughout every room in the house. So I get a good connection wherever I play FIFA. So expect my results to go through the roof to the moon, as they would say. What are you going to do if they don't? Uh, I will ask for a refund, but keep the network anyway.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's funny you mentioned that. I just had a new fiber line ran today. They just buried it a dedicated line for my console. So I'll be an elite probably by, I don't know, Wednesday. I'm very jealous.
1: I'm still on copper broadband though, so despite having a, a snazzy home network, I've still got really bad internet. But uh, that will have to be sorted in, in due time. Unfortunately.
0: Yep. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, first thing, Paul, I'm coming to you. The market is still down. It's down big, and it just went. It looks like it took another leg lower today after the the six p.m. drop. Do the gold cards stand any chance at coming back now besides the top five cards?
3: I think there's one or two that seem to do okay. Lorente seems to be one. Hakimi, Marquinhos. Ones that link to really popular SBCs or whatever, but mostly no. The gap's getting wider and wider. Some of the outer pack informs did okay today, like Son and Salah. They dropped a fair bit earlier on, but rebounded nicely. But yeah, golds are golds are dead.
0: Have you guys been trading at all, Matt? You've been doing any kind of market trading, trying to keep up with this?
1: Hell yeah. I I was uh, making 10k a pop on Fellaini earlier in the week. For some reason, he was in super high demand, uh, presumably for that player pick, SBC. It's it's kind of a standard move for me. I, I focus on certain cards throughout various stages of the game and position change them on cards that generally aren't being traded a lot. So I kind of have a market to myself, Fellaini being one of them. Obviously stumbled onto that by accident because I was making Fellaini into strikers for for the lulls. Turns out you can probably flip a few of them per day if you if you're patient enough. And uh, every time I was position changing Fellaini, I did all the position changes: CDM, CAM, CF, and striker. They were they were selling like hotcakes. And at one point, I couldn't buy a blank Fellaini to position convert for less than ten k. It was weird. That's completely gone now, of course, and the demand has is, is completely ceased, but it was just weird that for a very brief period, one of the worst goal cards on the game was completely extinct. Just a very strange week.
0: Sounds like you're boasting about your private time you had with Marwan Fellaini so you could take advantage of him. Did I hear that correctly, Steve? Um, um. It sounds like Matt has a fetish with Marwan Fellaini.
2: Ah, oh, well, I, th- I thought that was established. I thought we
3: all knew about that. Yeah, that's definitely got a little little fill in it. Um, Does it stand it to be to,
1: a fetish if you're getting it all the time? Or has it just become the
3: norm at that point?
2: That becomes an obsession, an addiction. Okay, there you are then. Mm. Obsess much.
3: Going back to non-rares being crazy, I don't know if you all saw on Twitter this week that um, people were getting coin wiped. So when we got the high chemistry SBC this week for the rare
0: mega pack... I did see a lot of that going on on Twitter.
3: Yeah. it You know, one guy got seven mil coin wiped all because there were SBC solution trading and selling non-rares that are usually, you know, a thousand coins or whatever for, for 10K. So he is thought, oh yeah, those guys are transferring coins. Let's coin wipe them. Which, you know, nobody's using non-rares to transfer coins. Yeah. So a lot of people have... Spent a lot of time building those coins for a year to wipe them this week. And I did see that if you're selling cards at 70% of their max, when they're not sort of normally up there, that's what sort of triggers EA's system to, to flag your account. But the, they really need to do something about that, because whether people have spent a lot of time trading to get those coins, or have spent a lot of money in FIFA points to get those coins for a year, just to come along and, and take them away is disgusting.
0: I mean, it, it seems like they're using an algorithm to sort of trigger these red flags per se for these accounts. Why can't they use the same type of algorithm to adjust price ranges dynamically based on average bid prices for these cards? You know, put it, above the average bid for the last two hours. Surely that can't be that difficult, but maybe it is. I don't know. It it must be. But it's kind of a shame to see so many people get coin wiped for sticking to terms of service and uh, losing millions of coins that they worked hours to get. All the while this week, we got word from EA that over 30,000 users who abuse a no-loss glitch got, in my opinion, only a seven-day ban for doing this. Steve... I want your opinion on this.
2: Well, first of all, it's a bit strange to say that it's over thirty thousand users, because, you know, a lot of numbers are over thirty thousand, aren't they? So we don't really know. To give an idea of, of what percentage of the of the user base that is, I think roughly speaking, the number of players in the elite division at the moment comes to about thirty thousand. So this a sizable portion of, of the of the user base if it is just thirty thousand. As I say, it could be potentially a lot it's more, than, more that. than that. Definitely more than that. Yeah, well, we don't know, you know. Um, So, yeah, it's in terms of the actual of of banning them for a week. EA have been a little bit unlucky, perhaps. I I think they maybe intended something a little bit more stringent than that. But the fact that this week's team of the week is is shocking. It's 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 genuinely one of the worst team of the weeks that I think I can remember. It may be the worst team of the week that I can remember. So the incentive for people to play in this weekend's foot champs, which these players are obviously banned from. It's just not there anyway, so they must have been laughing like hell when they saw the uh, the team of the week for this week.
0: Especially if they got to keep the rewards, right?
2: For sure, which we think they did. We've heard nothing saying that the rewards have been taken back, so we've got to presume that they did. And I think it's a golden opportunity, and it it may still happen this weekend. But I think it's a golden opportunity for EA while these players aren't able to access the game. EA have got a great opportunity just to drop like a really good value, low-priced SBC and. Give something to the people that did play by the rules. You know, look after the people who've done things right for a change rather than punishing those that have done things wrong. Whether they'll do it or not, it's unlikely, isn't it, I think?
0: Mm. Matt, what do you think about all this? You look like your hamster wheel spinning over there.
2: Yeah,
1: I think it's it's um, a PR exercise for EA that needed to be done. They needed to be seen to have done something. They announced that they came up with a solution to it. So what did they really achieve by finding the solution and banning people for seven days. I guarantee that most of those people have been banned and not high spending players. They will probably be freeloaders who they don't mind going missing for seven days. You don't want to piss off your customers who actually spend a lot of money on the game when you've already fixed the problem. So what? what's the point of especially if you're not taking that retrospective action of clawing back the rewards that they had. So to me, it just smacks of, they need to be seen to have to, to, put things right. they are taken some sort of menial action that, kind of backs up why they have these terms of service in the first place, but effectively, it's it's done nothing. The market is still very badly affected from what they've done, and EA are nowhere near yet fixing that particular issue, which is far more important as far as I'm concerned. And I think, speaking of what we uh, mentioned slightly earlier on in regards to how do we recover the gold market, they need to be doing stuff with marquee matchups that doesn't require just 75 overall rating for all four teams because you're basically using up zero of importance in your club every time and that brings so much supply to the market they need to start getting those 82 rated teams those 83 rated teams into marquee matchups or some other uh, form of um, important SBC that everyone's going to consume to try and correct this as soon as possible particularly on the back of that dodgy weekend league
0: yeah that's one way to put it Paul what's your take on all this man
3: yeah I think a seven day ban most people who did that, like Steve has said, with this team of the week will take that on the chin because the way qualification works, most average players are not going to qualify for every single weekend league because you only get so many chances. So those people who cheated will quite easily just take this take this one on the chin and play when we've got a better team of the week. I think it was beneficial for them they did it last week they were probably going to miss a week on league anyway where they didn't qualify where they'd used up some of the, the chances to qualify so yeah they'll, they'll quite happily take it I think maybe a two week ban or a week ban and take the rewards back would have been a little bit better I know that's a a nightmare for them to do probably, but yeah, two weeks would have been fair. I'll
1: tell you one thing though, reading between the lines of everything that sort of came out from EA's posts about the situation was if you sort of break it down, and I'm paraphrasing here rather than direct quoting, but they mentioned something about the fact that we've gone after accounts that have essentially overutilized this bypass, for lack of a better word. So what it actually says is if you don't, if you're not stupid and do it all the time. Maybe just use it sparingly. So when you're on the cusp of qualifying for the next level and you really need to hold that result, if you'd just done it those one or two times, you would have probably gotten away with it, which means they're not looking after every single instance. They're just going for the very, very low hanging fruit. So if you're not dumb, you would have gotten away with this. The people who have been caught and banned are the people who were fragrantly abusing it ridiculously.
0: And it's good that they did that though, because I mean, if somebody's controller were to have died or some odd case, you know, your one of your cables screws up or, or anything to that degree. One or two times, you can't mess with those people, but I'm glad they did something about it. I'm just going to leave it there, but uh, and I'll take this time to remind everyone that the second patch will be coming out sometime this week, more than likely. So keep your eyes peeled for that. We will dive into that next week after we get the patch and see if anything else has changed. Doesn't look like it's going to be much though. We're going to move on to something that really was all over the, the foot Twitterverse. It was all over. It was a Reddit article that we're going to discuss, but I saw it shared multiple times on Twitter. A lot of people discussing it on YouTube content. Steve, you, you brought this article up to me. Can you take me through it? What stands out to you and what do you think of it? Because it, when you sent it to me, I read it and I got to say, I, I agreed with a lot of it.
2: Yeah, it was a very interesting post which isn't always the case on Reddit, let's be honest. So it did stand out. And it was, I don't know, you, you could interpret it as being quite negative. It's a little bit doom And the basic premise was that looking at how well FIFA 22 is going to survive, how far into the cycle we're going to get before people start getting frustrated and, and giving up, leaving. And it, it made for, yeah, I, I think it's safe to say it did make for quite gloomy reading. It's, the, the way that Rivals is set up this year, because you can't be relegated, People are just finding themselves kind of penned in. They're getting to a stage where they're meeting opponents that are, you know, as it should work, right on their skill level. So they're getting competitive games every single game that they're playing in Rivals, and there's no way out. The the only way you can progress from there is to somehow improve your gameplay, presumably by coaching, which i definitely recommend, or by buying FIFA points, which is obviously exactly what EA want you to do. The, the idea that we were sold when it was introduced that you couldn't be relegated was that it was to stop people from relegating down divisions to find easier games and, and, and get an advantage. So that all sounded well and good, but I think it's quite easy to be cynical about it now and say that perhaps the, the motive was to drive pack sales. And it made a few other points as well, like the price of gold cards at the moment. And this guy mentioned that for a lot of players, particularly casual players, part of the attraction of foot is the grind. So you'll start off with a very bad team and over the first few months, you'll build your coin totals and you'll be able to start buying decent cards, building a decent team. But because the market is in such tatters at the moment, that process is no longer there. You can build a team now that it would have taken you several months to grind for in previous fevers. So that aspect of it has been taken away altogether. And and yeah, really, really, the guy was asking, what, what's going to motivate people to play? Because there's such a separation between the teams that they've got now and the teams that they can aspire to. You know, And Mbappe, that type of card, they're just continuing to rise and rise and get further out of people's reaches. So there's no motivation to play in that sense. The motivation's gone in terms of div rivals because, as I say, people are just sort of getting hemmed in to where they are. And I I don't think it bodes well. I think EA could be running into a problem with that. And it's quite easy to imagine a situation where at the end of this season, where we start the next season, and people have been relegated, it's not difficult to imagine a world where in div rivals, people are going to start throwing games because they don't want to be promoted again. But if that does happen... We're going to end up in the bizarre situation where somebody else who perhaps doesn't want to be promoted is going into a game, seeing his opponent score an own goal and quit, and he's going to be promoted anyway, potentially without even playing a game. It's just, it's weird. And I don't know what they're going to do to address it because it's, this This guy likened it to the pizza principle, which is basically where the idea that everybody eventually gets promoted beyond their capability. And, you know, he's saying that that's what's happening in foot. And I I think there's a case for that, you know, people are getting to a level where they they are beyond their comfort zone and people don't want to be uncomfortable playing a game. So, yeah, I think there may be a can of worms ahead.
0: Yeah, and one thing I really noticed too is the players who are really experiencing this frustration as it stands now are the ones who just spammed the game, played it hard and heavy, fast, early on. And just zoomed up to the top, got into elite division or division one near the top. And now they're struggling to even find games, let alone find the desired or the will to play. Because once you're in elite, you can't go any higher. After you play seven games, your rewards are peaked, essentially. So what do you do? Add to that the fact of matchmaking. So you're already going to be having a hard time finding somebody in your division because you're at such a high level. Now we have four platforms instead of last year, we had two, well, three if you include PC, but you have PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series S, whatever they're called, the new Xbox. So now your player pool for matchmaking just got even smaller. So people are having to sit there for sometimes 30 minutes just to find a game that's on 65, 70 ping. It's not ideal. I can see this being a problem going forward. I don't like how it looks, but... Personally, I'm in Division 3. I don't have that issue currently, but I can see where this could be a problem if it's not addressed. Matt, after hearing that, what do you think about it?
1: I think it's it's actually quite indicative of a wider problem that the video game industry has with multiplayer gaming in general at the moment, whereby in their best efforts to protect the very worst players, who are probably the largest percentage representation of the of the player base, they're ruining it for everybody. Someone needs to be very brave and sort of lead the way on this and say we're removing all elements of skill-based matchmaking and it just becomes a wholly random thing. If you you log on, you submit to play a game and you get a random opponent, that's the only fair way of doing this because... I can see why they think it's a good idea to basically um, band people together in similar skill ranges. But ultimately, most people don't want to grind their asses off every single game and have these stressful, hyper-competitive matches. Occasionally, they just want to go online and dick somebody really hard. And that's where the fun element is. And no one gets to do that at the moment, based off the way the system works. It's the same in Call of Duty. It's the same in Fortnite, probably. All these games have the same problem and their longevity is greatly hampered by it. There's almost no way to sort of play this game casually at the moment. And that's the biggest problem. Make it random. It's the only fair way. Occasionally you'll get whooped by someone. Occasionally you'll give the whooping to somebody else. Just go like that and i will fix everything. But To try and protect the sort of higher spending, low skill players, they're just ruining the whole experience for everybody else.
2: Do you think they need to make it entirely random, Matt? Or do you think it would work if we went back to the kind of model that we had in FIFA 16, I want to say 17, when it was yeah, divisions, but the matchmaking was just a lot, lot looser than it is now. Do you think that would work? Well, maybe, yeah. It, they definitely need to do something leaning in that direction, though. But I'm kind of coming at this from a slightly different angle. I'm
1: thinking outside the box, you know, having played a lot of first-person shooter games over the years and they've become so abominantly dull because of this exact issue that we're also having in FIFA and everyone who sort of analyzes this all comes to the same, same outcome that skill-based matchmaking is ruining multiplayer gaming. And we've experienced something very similar in FIFA now. And the rewards for going up these higher tiers are just just not worth it. It's purely a flex and that doesn't last very long, quite frankly. You'll start to see a lot of players who shouldn't be getting into elite getting into it and then it'll become meaningless So then, What's the point?
3: I saw this week uh, somebody on Twitter, I think it might have been Pookie Foot, he'd had a good run, got into the elite division and I think he said himself he had no right being there really, could not win a game to get his rivals rewards. So he's, he's ended up going to that that division, and he can't get his three or seven wins to get his weekly rivals reward. So rivals, if, until he gets relegated, rivals is pretty much done for him. And you know that's that's fun. that's not fun for anybody, is it? Going onto a game and getting spanked every time you log on is is just not fun. And you know that 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 Reddit article I made some really good points. The the stuff about the market, you know. T- most people now to get a considerable upgrade to the team, they need 1 mil or 1.5 million coins to, to make a significant, you know, upgrade. I'm in
1: the same spot. I'm I'm in a spot where I'm like paralyzed from like upgrading my team. I'm largely running the same team I did on the first week of weekend league. I've got 800k and there's no one I either really want to dive all that that coinage into because they're not going to make a big difference to my team. So I'm holding on to them, hoping the next promo will give me something that entices me to spend it, but you know, this week's stuff isn't going to do it. Hopefully Halloween next week will, because that's my favourite promo of the year, but it might not do. And then I'm just still rocking pretty much, you know, aside from some
2: minor tweaks, the same team I had in week one of, of foot champs, and that's, that's pretty pretty bad, really. So the question is, Matt, what happens then when you're stuck in this sort of twilight zone where you can't upgrade your team? but you've reached the top of your skill limit, if you like. So you've got no chance of progressing in rivals. You've got no chance of progressing in terms of improving your team. Where do you go from there?
1: Well, you don't. That's when people want to do something else. They'll go play Call of Duty Vanguard when that comes out in a couple of weeks or whatever else is coming out before the end of the year. And FIFA ends up losing their casual player base to another hyper-casual game. It's probably what happens every year, but...
0: Perhaps more severe this year than ever. Something I want to share real quick. A friend of mine who he's always saying, Why are you so obsessed with FIFA? You know, he loves playing Madden. He loves playing other games. He's never watched soccer, doesn't like soccer at all. He went out and got FIFA 22 and he said, What mode do you play? I said, Ultimate Team. So he goes on to Ultimate Team. He starts playing, starts trying to figure it out. God bless him. But he says right off the bat, This game is it's too competitive. I can't play this. Can't just walk in and play this. I said, It's a very technical game, it's a very competitive game mode. It's purely competitive and he like basically regretted buying it to try to play ultimate team because one he's brand new at the game. He sucks. It's going to take him all year to get decent at the game. And by the time he does, he's not going to get the most out of it. So that's just a lesson of how they've kind of gone so far away from a casual game to being ultra, ultra competitive. And there is, you can play regular head to head and that's all good and great, but it's just too competitive. I don't know. I mean, the format, I, I love the ideas and the and the creativity, but they've got to do something around this. I don't even know what the answer is to be honest with you, but that paralyzed state is, I feel like I'm getting there as well. Like I don't even want to play rivals right now. Champs, I, I'm just like, if I can get into Champs and stay connected and the game doesn't crash for me, I'm all about it. But I'm still having issues with that. I don't know if that's just a PS5 thing. I saw it crash a few times on the live broadcast the other day, which is quite embarrassing for EA, but that's neither here nor there. Anything else we want to talk about before we move on, Steve?
2: I just want to go back to what Paul said there about about the guy who I think you said he was in Division 2 and he's looking forward to getting relegated to Division 3. I think the important thing to note there is that if he's good enough to earn promotion from Division 3 to Division 2 this season, in all likelihood next season he's going to end up in exactly the same position so there's just there's no way out of this and I don't think people have really seen this for what it is it's it's going to lead to a real difficult situation going forward I think and to be honest with you I can't see things remaining like this I think EA will be forced to do something because you know we all know that they act when their bottom line is the bottom line and, and if their profits start going down they'll change things.
3: It's going to be a race to suit who can score the own goal first yeah really it really really is you you
2: could easily end up getting promoted by default it's it's ridiculous and
0: that only makes things worse for the other
2: player
3: yeah Yeah. they're going to have to do something at some point I don't think they've quite thought this through to be honest but you know by the time next season comes and people are in the same boat again they'll drift off or they will fix it one or the other but there's there's got to be something coming
0: And on the flip side of this discussion, though, for those who don't empathize with what we're talking about, you'll likely have the camp that they're happy to play those ultra competitive games all the time. That's what they like. And let's say EA's response is to come out and relegate the piss out of everybody for season two. How mad are they going to be when they go from elite down to division six and they've got to fight to get back to where they were? I mean, you're going to piss off a whole lot of people for that who have put in time, money and grinded this game into the dirt just to go down to, and I'm not saying they're going to drop down four divisions, but I mean, we don't know because they haven't said, but I just don't see an easy way out of this to, to please everyone, which is such is the case all the time. But we spent enough time on the Reddit article. I don't want this to, to sound like it's doom and gloom. It's just an interesting read about things that a lot of people may not have thought about. But we do have a lot of new content today. Road to the Knockout Team 2. What stands out to you guys the most in Team 2? Paul, I want to come to you first. Which card would you try to get into your team today?
3: Frankie. I've already bought him two or three times today. Paul, you're rich. Uh, I've not used him yet, but what a card! His his gold card's so good, like really, really good. And that's one that sort of held its value. Is around hundred k, I think. But looks so good as well with that dynamic. But yeah, um, I'm waiting for the the price to settle somewhere a little bit before I um, think about buying him. Can't really get him in my team just yet either, but you know, that's that's another issue. But we'll we'll sure we'll get him in and, and use him. But he's he's got ninety dribbling, really good defensively, great links. What more do you need? Well, you probably need him to be a little bit cheaper, but apart from that, he, he looks a great card. Slight slight problem with price there,
0: yeah. Maybe cut that price by by half at least. But um yeah, I had the gold version of Frankie De Young in the squad for a while and he was great. One card that is going to give me nightmares is Timo Werner. Right now on PlayStation, 820K, quite the upgrade, even more pace, unique body type. Werner, I know Steve, you might have different different opinions, but he just destroys me, gets behind my back line, constantly regaining possession of the ball, the moves he makes, the shots, he just finishes everything. If I can fit him in, if I hit the FIFA lottery, I'm going to definitely try for that one, but Steve, what uh, what card would you like to get into your team?
2: Well, just to go back to Werner for one second, I know a lot of people rate him really highly. I've used him quite extensively as standard gold card on the free player project, and he's been dreadful. And anybody who's seen the free player project would have seen some of the, the chances that he's missed. Having said that, he really bailed me out in the last episode, just finishing this shot, taking one touch, putting it on his weak foot, and just smashing it past the keeper. So. Yeah. Maybe there's more to him than that. Timo Werner is a card that I hate playing against and I have done for years. It's not just this year. So yeah, I'm I'm dreading coming up against that one. The card that I think is going to be really popular is going to be the Fred card. It's just a really well-rounded card, four-star, four-star and high, high work rates. So he's going to get up and down the pitch nicely he'll he'll have decent links and i think that's going to be a, a much sought after card he's he's nice on the ball fred and i know he's already in a lot of rtg teams and kind of as matt was saying a lot of people are sitting on coins and they don't really have the opportunity to upgrade fred at the moment is 310,000 xbox 360 on ps so that potentially fits that category uh but the one that the one that i'm interested in and the one that i think might be a fun one to try, would be the Yuri Tillemans, the road to the knockout Leicester City player. And he's Belgian, so he's going to have some int- interesting links to the likes of Kevin De Bruyne, Romulo Lukaku. I think Leicester have got a fair chance of, of qualifying from their group, so he may be likely to get the plus one. And it's another really well-rounded card. It's medium-medium, it's so perhaps the, the work rates are a little less intense than Fred. But it weighs in, it's currently clocking in at 50,000 on Xbox. I'm sure it'll come down from that. And it's it's another of those cards where, again, in the free player project, when I'm playing against people who don't quite have the God squads, um, I've played against the Telemann's Gold card and it's, it's always been decent. So, yeah, I, I think that may be a, a bit of a hidden gem in there.
0: Matt, who are you looking at?
1: I uh, agree with Steve that Thielmans looks like a great shout given uh, the relatively low cost. So if you're running a kind of budget Premier League team, absolutely invest there. I don't think there's there's much risk in sticking 40k into that card or hopefully a little bit less than that by the end of the weekend. The two that I'm looking at, given that I'm a little bit gun-shy at the moment on, on splashing big coins, is we've got two very good budget centre-backs in this team. Tapso was familiar to everybody due to the end of last year's game. Uh, and even cheaper than that, Lucas Verissimo, although he plays in the Portuguese league because he's Brazilian, you, you can find a way to shoehorn him and, into a team and he has 80 plus on all the stats that you'd want him to. And although their cards reflect, on on the face of the card, I should say, reflect that they've got quite low passing. If you actually drill down into the stats, they've both got higher than 80 for short and long passing. The overall total I think, think,'s brought down because they've both got low vision, which you don't really need for a centre-back, but, I think passing out of the back is one of the most important stats that gets overlooked in most FIFAs, but particularly this year, it can get you into so much trouble if you can't play out from the back, especially when you're being pressed. So quick, powerful centre-backs that can pass well are a premium. So running Bundesliga tap sober is an obvious choice. If you've got any way of shoehorning in uh, a Brazilian centre-back from the Portuguese league, um, which you're struggling for cards at the moment, but Grimaldo's, very good for a discard price left back. And that'll perf- well, not perfect link, but strong link, I should say. By the same club to Verissimo, both of those though, highly accessible on price. And I think both teams are, 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 have a decent chance of, of qualification as well. Um, so you might see some upgrades there, but I think there'll be two decent cards for this, the stage of the game that we're in now.
0: Yeah, the definitely looks like a bargain to me. But uh, if you want to make sure you're up to date on these items... Be sure to visit FifaUteam.com to get the latest updates and upgrades for the road to the knockout cards. FifaUteam.com That's going to take us right on into our player review section. Steve, you wanted to talk about a particular Silver Stars player, is that right?
2: I did, yeah. I want to encourage people to get into the Silver Lounge and complete this week's Silver Star before it expires. And You'll, you'll still have a chance to do this once the pod's out. It's a guy called and Taker from... Rayo Vallecano, he's French, in La Liga Santander. And we all know how popular the Nabil Fakir SBC has been. So with him being French and in La Liga, he gets the uh, the green link to to Fakir. So that's, that's one interesting thing about him. But leaving the links out of it, I've used this card. I, I don't want to give out, I'm, I'm talking about the free player project quite a lot here, but I don't want to give in any spoilers as to what happens in the episode that's going to come out next week. But I've used him a bit and he's good. He's For a silver star, he's very good. If you put a hunter on this card, he's six foot two to start with. The hunter gives him 94 acceleration, 91 sprint speed. So that's a handful. And it'll also give him 91 finishing and 92 shot power. So for a silver card, you know, we're talking about something here. 87 jumping, 84 aggression, 93 strength. And he's also left-footed. One of the things that you'll find when you use a lot of left-footers, I'm sure people have already noticed this, who've done the Fakir SBC, people don't anticipate that you're going to go on the left foot. People always tend to favour the right. So one of the big problems this year is creating space in the box. One of the best ways to create it is to have a left-footed player, or or somebody with a five-star weak foot, I should add. But if you've got a player that's left-footed, defenders will tend to go the wrong way naturally. So while you're going to put it on the left, they'll be anticipating that it's going on the right. And as I say, I don't I don't want to give too much away about next week's free player project, but this is this is some card. And it reminded me a bit of of our old friend Reindeer from, from last year. I think it was Jesus it was, yes. Jesus Renier, because he's similarly a big fella, but the dribbling stats are actually quite good. A little bit caca, to be quite honest with you. As I say, six foot two, eighty-five agility, eighty-five balance, eighty dribbling. 75 reactions, lets them down slightly. But this is a good card and it's free. It's not hard to get. You don't have to play a lot of games in Silver Stars and it's a fun game mode. So I'd encourage everybody to do it. But if you've got Fakir uh, particularly, definitely get them in your squad because you never know when you're going to need that green link. There may be objectives, there may be friendlies, and it might really pay off getting this card in your club.
0: Nicely done. I haven't participated in any Silver Stars yet, mainly because don't. Don't have very many silver players in the club. Maybe I should start. Give me something to do.
2: There's this thing called the transfer market. You should check it in. Yeah.
0: I just spent all my coins though. I need to go make some more. Yeah. I need to get one of those trees Paul has in his backyard. The money tree. Paul, what what player are you eyeing up?
3: Well, this is not very cheap, but if you watched last Sunday's stream, we absolutely snuck in there right at the last minute and got an extra red pick. And I got Sadio Mane. So absolutely buzzing with that. And I've used him this week and he is absolutely amazing apart from the times when he's not. And <laughs> hmm. I say that because... 90- That's na- why na- people
2: tune into this pod for that <laughs> kind of insight.
3: 95% right. of the time, he is absolutely amazing. And then other times... He went to take a shot and only just touched the ball. It' so strange. Absolutely brilliant card, but makes some absolutely bronze level mistakes. So we're still we're still finding his feet, me and Sadio. And I'm sure I'll I'll come to love him, but he's got he's got a lot of work to do. He's got a lot of work to do, and mm. you know. Great card, but he's going to be a great card and he's slipping 700k. Yeah. But yeah, if you've got those coins, go use mine.
0: Who's good until he's not? Good until he's not. Yeah. (laughs) Matt. What player do you want to get into before we get into hot take?
1: Yeah. So I've got someone who's a bit more affordable for mine, someone who I managed to pack in rewards. And uh, this one's Damien Suarez, the Hatafi right back in this team of the week. Not a very sexy card to talk about, but I'll give you some context to why I'm choosing this one. So I have uh, Akimi as my right back in my team. He's obviously very dynamic at going forward, but gasses out quite quickly and defensively isn't the best. So when you're sort of later in the game and you really need to lock down that um, right side of your your team defensively, bringing on a sub who could perhaps play multiple positions, he'd be a more than capable uh, centre-back or a CDM, but slot him in at right back. This guy has absolutely great defensive stats and even some interesting ones going forward. Like He's got a trait for shot power and and very high shot power uh, statistics as well. Excellent passing, aggression, stamina's good, just basically, it's just a good all-round defensive card that costs you next to no money. It's, it's zero risk, so if you decide you don't like it, quick sell it and get your money back. But um, I think that one is is a really good uh, late-game defensive sub to sort of tighten things up, and you can sort of play them anywhere anywhere around the back that you like. But uh, that one served me well in the games that I've played so far this week.
0: Nice done. Well, that's going to take us right into the Hot Takes segment, which is our new addition. We've started doing this a couple of weeks ago. It's been wildly popular. And um, Paul, I'm coming to you first with this one. Precise Dom from the Discord says, Expected goals is a much more rage-inducing statistic than any shush celebration from your opponent. What do you think?
3: I think the expected goals is a bit of an irrelevant stat. I, I agree. I think I can shoot from 40 yards all day long or shoot from the bylaw when you've not got an angle and make it, you know, post a picture on Twitter of 7.5 XG. It doesn't mean I were any good in the game. It just means I took loads of rubbish shots. Yeah, it doesn't it fill me with rage. I just, I just smile when I see that my, you know, if I've played an opponent who's not very good, but he's taken loads of shots, I just smile because he's going to be telling his mates or posting it on Twitter that he's absolutely smashed me.
2: Yeah,
0: I don't even look at it.
2: Steve, it's a load of nonsense. It's it's nothing yep. new that this winds me up. To be honest with you, cause it's it's wound me up ever since it gained favour in football. It's one of these metrics, as they call them, that that's been born out of the whole Moneyball fashion. You know where where baseball teams started signing players based on statistics rather than scouting reports and, and performance and what have you. So it's it's always been a fairly controversial statistic. In FIFA, it's just it's. Drivel—it's just nonsense. Don't pay any attention to it, or it will probably wind you up. The thing to look for here is that if you've got a very high XG and you've also forced practically no saves from the goalkeeper, you're doing something wrong with your shooting. You're smashing it into the defenders too often. So it can be useful in sort of giving you a guide as to what you're doing wrong. But yeah, don't don't put too much uh, don't put too much weight on it.
0: Yeah, I agree, 100%. And uh, Matt, we're going to come to you on this next one. Uh, Homer from the Discord says, I've noticed a load of content creators have now given up on the next-gen version of the game. He named a few, I'm not going to name them here on the pod, but he named a few quite respected, uh, I would say, content creators in the community saying that regarding the issues, have any of you guys followed suit and would you recommend it going from the next-gen version back to the old-gen version? Matt, what do you think?
1: Uh, That's a really difficult question. I'm all about making progress, sort of following the direction that the game's going and what the the game developer's vision for the game is overall. And that's obviously all next gen. So why would you want to go backwards? I think having the thought in the back of your head, just having the option of going back is just going to mess with you in the long run. You just need to embrace the way that the game is going and go whole hog into it. Stay with next gen. It'll get better. End of story.
0: Yeah. And we, we discussed this more in depth on a previous episode, but going back to old gen now, is—I like, like I referred to it as is riding the Titanic to the bottom of the ocean. You're on the losing horse. It's going to lose. Eventually, it's going to go away. So correct. If, if that gets you enjoyment this year, so be it. You know, it's all about how you enjoy the game and how you want to play it. Nobody says you can't do it. But if you want to get ready for the next gen versions and get used to it, stick with what we have. I think everybody here would agree. Paul, Steve?
3: Yeah, totally agree. I'd, I'd go a step further
2: and say, quite honestly, I think it's even a bit of a cop out to go and play the old gen version. And my suspicion is that people are doing it based on a reluctance to learn new things, quite honestly. Um, people don't like change, as, as we mentioned in last week's podcast. And yeah, I, it, it kind of, if, if I was going back to old gen, especially this early in the game, I mean, goodness sake, it's only been out a few weeks, I'd, I'd worry about my ability to adapt to something new because uh yeah a A, it's a bit early to be going back to it and b it just yeah you've got to take time with these things you've got to learn them it's we've talked about this quite a lot haven't we about how a lot of pros are are struggling to adapt to it but they are you know it takes time and to to abandon it at this stage i don't know i I don't i don't have a lot of respect for it to be quite honest with you
3: for me a lot of the fun is that learning that finding the way to to get it done. I feel like, like you said, going back's a bit of a cop-out. Just stick with it. Get there in the end.
2: You people in York are quite progressive and
3: forward-thinking though, aren't you? It has been said. Said by who?
2: People in York.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, George added onto this, George Cook from the Discord said, his hot take on this is, I don't even want to load up old gin. I bought a console just for FIFA, so I need to justify that to himself. He said, "It's if it's better, I'll live in ignorant bliss. It won't be around forever. So at some point, people need to play the new gen style. That's exactly what we just said. So yeah, I agree with you, George. Homer definitely wouldn't recommend it. That's our take. Take that to the bank. And that's going to move us into community questions. We've got quite a few this week. I'm not sure if we're going to get to all of them, but we'll do our best. Appreciate everybody putting in questions for this week. We'll start with this one, Steve. You kind of touched on it in the Discord, but DJ Tomo says, if you sub a player on, do they have the chemistry card boost or do they come on as a standard card? Also, if the leaving player is, say, on seven chemistry, does the player coming in have seven chemistry? Thanks.
2: Yeah, it's, this is quite a common myth that, uh, that players that come on off the bench will get a chemistry of five. It's not true. EA actually put out an article about this. Maybe we can link it in the in the episode notes. But anybody who comes on off the bench will come on with a chemistry of six and a quarter. And that's quite important to know because it means that your player will actually get a boost from a chemistry card coming on off the bench. So it is worth putting chem styles on your card. If they were coming on with a chemistry of five, it wouldn't be worth putting them on. So it is quite significant. And yeah, it's again, it is a myth, the idea that if you've got a player that you substitute who's on 10 chemistry, the player that comes on off the bench is also going to be on 10 chemistry. No matter what the circumstances any substitute that you make will come on with six point two five chemistry.
0: There we go. The next question we have is from Nikki Hotsticks, and I'll start with Matt. We're going to go around the horn real quick on this one. Nikki Hotsticks asks, he would love to hear what each of the hosts' favorite attacking position is. For example, I find it so fun to come in from the wing successfully when a one on one with one cut move inside and finesse across goal. What's your favorite positions to attack, Matt? I'm
2: definitely the doggy man.
0: You stole my joke, Steve. Damn. Damn. Who knew? Yeah. So <laughs> It's pronounced the doggy, by the way.
2: <laughs> the map
1: is all about penetration through the middle. Penetration. Slow <laughs> penetration through the middle. So, um, I have this, this weird theory about this year's game and you guys are welcome to critique this as much <laughs> as you want and stop fucking laughing.
2: We've all got the mental age of the 15-year-olds. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. It's just- I find that a lot of players when you're attacking
1: tend to box together on the opposition's back four in the middle a lot so let's say you have a formation like 4411 where you have a striker and a center forward those two will play very close together and just pamper your movement. I like to have a clear gap between the striker and whatever position is sitting behind that. So rather than play a striker and the centre forward, I would rather have a striker and a cam, or ideally just have strikers and, and midfielders, which is why I play 5 3 2 at the moment, just to give myself a bit of space to work in. But that's just a theory. I, I have no basis for proof on that. It's just from my anecdotal experience playing the game these last few weeks. There's, there's too much bunching together in the middle. So I'm trying to force gaps into my formation which I wouldn't have done in any other game norm but yeah generally all my plays through the middle you just have to get one centre back to make a mistake and it's usually quite easy then to to sort of dribble around the box or find an angle for a finesse that's generally where almost all of my goals come from yeah that's pretty much it it's not the most exciting answer in the world but uh, yeah just yeah. give me a, a good lumpy dumpy striker
0: lumpy dumpy striker kind of spread it out a little bit in the middle and just attack it right up the centre That's right. Yeah. Fucking love that. Paul, do you also like to do it up the middle?
3: I have been known to penetrate hard through the middle, but I am. In Yorkshire. (laughs) I am finding that in this game, through the middle, not penetrating hard, but a nice little double tap through ball. (laughs) 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 Whose idea was this? Sean Bean would be very proud of you right now. <laughs> a little double tap through the middle and a quick finish. I love to finish quick. i <laughs> a five is, minute
0: man. This is not, this is not good. Oh shit. <laughs> Nicky, you need to ask more questions. This is good content. Is this
3: PG? <clears throat>
0: yeah. Double tap to the middle with a quick finish from, from Paul. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know if I want to ask Steve, but I will.
2: Well, my take is that I don't think that you're going to get a more, Satisfactory experience of penetration in one position as opposed to another, um, and in terms of dribbling, it's something that you just want to avoid, really. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh I'm going to give the real coach's answer here and say that I don't think there is one position that's that's preferable to another. Really, I think you've got to be adaptable. I think you've got to be willing to come at it from from all angles. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: You guys are disgusting. <laughs> I I'm, I'm, I'm to make a serious point.
2: Here. I, yeah, I think you've got to be adaptable. I think you've got to figure that out. All
0: right. All right. Steve likes to do it dynamically, all right? We got it. We're going to we're, we're going to move on here. Uh, holy shit. All right. We're going to go through we're going to go grab one more question and then we'll get to the rest of these next week. Chano... Asked, what attributes do you think are the most overlooked? I've noticed a massive difference with good composure on players, for example. Yeah, to me, composure is a very overlooked stat. Maybe not overlooked, but underappreciated. Composure can have an effect on so many other attributes on a card. So if a striker has 99 attack positioning, 99 shot power, 99 finishing with composure of 68, none of those other stats matter because as soon as he gets a body on him, everything else goes down. Steve, you agree?
2: Yep. Uh, I think I'm on record elsewhere, but no harm in repeating this because it's really important. For me, it's Composure and Stamina, and they are the two stats that you can't get a boost to Stamina from a chem card. think Composure, you can get plus five with... I wouldn't like to say which chem card it is actually, but there's one that can certainly boost it by plus five, and uh, that's quite telling. They're the two stats that EA don't really want you to uh, to be boosting with a chem card because that separates the the great cards from the decent cards. So if you were able to increase those stats, it would put you off buying cards from the market. Um So yeah, without doubt, composure and stamina very important, very overlooked.
0: Yeah, and this is an easy one. We'll just squeeze this last one in right here at the end. R Fog Twelve asks. I was lucky enough to pack Mbappe on the first day of the game. He's incredible and served me well, but since I got Benzema playing a 4-3-3 false nine formation, Mbappe plays out wide, bit of a waste. Paul, would you sell him soon, especially given his price rises in cash in to build a super squad?
3: I would rather spread the coins over the whole of my team and buy a few cards, maybe like Son, that's popular and out of packs. And yeah, just spread those coins I think eventually he is going to have to do something about this gap between these sort of high-rated cards and the other ones... Everything else, pretty much. So yeah, and it it, it gets to a time where those higher rated goals just start start plummeting. Um, use him for a bit, enjoy him, then sell him and, and spread those coins across your team.
2: What do you think they'll do, Paul? Will they raise the price of the cards that are currently cheap, or will they decrease <sighs> the price of the of the top tier gold cards, the Mbappe's, Neymar's, and what have you?
3: Oh, I was thinking about this a bit today, and. I don't know if their ploy is just to keep pumping us for new promo cards every week and forget about the golds. Mm. Do do you know what I mean? So that all you're looking at is Mbappe, Neymar, Messi, CR7, icons, which half of them are terrible. And so you're always looking to the next promo to um, upgrade your team, which is great because Friday comes, people buy these cards. Most of them have lost half the value by Sunday. Yeah, I love taking coins off people because it means you've got to load up again next week when the latest new promo comes. So I think that's probably their move this year. Just keep pumping it the promo cards.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that seems to be the way they're going anyways with the, the current route. Just let the golds die and live on the promos, baby.
3: Yeah.
1: The majority of gold cards now are purely a currency for doing SBCs. That's all they are. Yep. They're not gonna have any playability function in in the near future whatsoever, apart from like the top 05 percent of goals, the, the obvious ones.
3: And they will spike a bit when we get swaps and stuff and you need, you know, you need to use some of these cards. But by then most people have got enough untradables to do that. It's you know, like you say, they are just a currency for doing SPCs, but maybe they can make them more of a currency. Like you were saying earlier, Matt, use eighty-three rated squads, to give better packs in marquee matchups and that uh, and make them usable that way and don't ban people when they start selling them
0: that's a good point Paul very good point let's hope they do that because uh, I'd be pissed if that shit happened to me but Yeah. real quick we're going to go around the horn Paul where can they find you on social media and twitch
3: right foot on twitter and twitch w-i-g-h-t right fucking foot <laughs>
0: there we go there we go Matt
1: at Lambo Matt one t on twitter or say hi in the Discord. Steve
2: on Twitter, at the fucking foot coach, <laughs> and on Twitch, I wouldn't bother at this point because there's nothing happening. But I will get there.
0: Sounds good. You can follow me on Twitter at the Hunter the underscore foot underscore hunter. You can follow the show on Twitter at Footballers Pod with a Z, Footballers with a Z, and you can follow us on Twitch. We should be coming up live on Twitch at Footballers Pod, and we will see you guys next week. Thanks for sticking with us. See you then. Sports Social Podcast Network